Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. A few months ago, before we had our uh, baby girl show up, um, Heidi and I were discussing how to navigate the ongoing changes and adjustments with having one kid in school, one kid at home, and a baby on the way. And normally what has been happening is that I would be picking up John, or or sometimes Heidi would be picking up John from school. And we would we would talk and we would we would text back and forth or have a discussion that morning and determine okay who's who's doing what and as we got closer and closer to the baby coming along we knew that something had to shift there because Heidi simply wasn't able to get around as easier and uh, or as easy and and things were going to change once the baby arrived and so we had a bit of a discussion. We had a bit of a chat and said, you know what? Okay. So probably going forward, I'm going to have to go get John. Um, and then maybe you can pick him up from my office or whatever, but we'll figure things out. And, uh, so we had that, we had that conversation and, um, we had a bit of a plan about moving forward, but then we had a chat about, okay, well, so what are we doing today? And I, I said, okay, well, today you pick him up, and and then um, and then I can just kind of keep working and not have to worry about that. So the the afternoon came along. My alarm went on my phone saying, "Hey, you gotta go pick up John," and then I just turned it off and kept working. Um, a few minutes later, Heidi shows up at my office and knocks on the door and goes. John, John, where are you? And I'm looking at her thinking, what, what are you doing? John's not here. And she's looking around. She's looking at my office, thinking that John is hiding somewhere in my office. And I'm just kind of sitting there confused. And I go, he's not here. And she thinks I'm joking. And that happens two or three times. And then she realizes, oh, he's not joking. John isn't in my office. And there is a tense exchange of words. I don't even really remember what what was said. But she she left. She went to the school and found John, who was still there, and got him and brought him home. Um, And... There, there was a bit of a discussion after that because we had had that conversation and she left the conversation thinking, okay, so Evan's going to pick him up and bring him to his office. And I left the conversation thinking, okay, today Heidi's going to pick him up and I don't have to worry about it. And there was some kind of miscommunication there. The communication didn't line up. And the consequence was that we forgot our child at school. Yay, I'm a great parent. In all of our significant relationships, and especially in marriages, communication is absolutely vital. And when communication isn't given the the space and the time, 
or even the the tweaking that's necessary to make it effective, there are all sorts of problems that come up. Some for for some people listening to this, um, the communication just doesn't happen. Um, sometimes it's miscommunication where you, you're trying to talk, but you're not quite understanding each other. Sometimes it's one person talking and one person never talking. Sometimes it's both of you talking at the same time and never listening. And other times it's you just don't. You just don't talk. You don't share. You don't communicate. Um, and whatever, whatever it is that that kind of brings about that kind of lack of proper communication. The results are a lot of times one or both of you end up feeling very resentful towards the other person because they're not listening and they're not paying attention. They don't, you feel like you're not valuable to them or your needs aren't being met or you wonder why they're doing that thing because you told them you don't like it and you just feel like they, well, if I've told them not to. And so if they're doing it, it's, it's just because they don't, care about me or they do it on purpose even though I've told them not to and so they're actually being spiteful to me and there's a lot of resentment and bitterness that starts building up between the two people sometimes you just don't understand why the other person does what they do you feel ignored you feel undervalued you feel like there's this increasing separation between you and them and you end up looking outside of that relationship for emotional, physical connection and fulfillment because you feel like you're not getting that intimacy, that connection uh, in the communication of that marriage. And so you start looking for your needs to be met outside. There's there's frustration over your kids. There's frustration over money. There's frustration over decisions. One of you has an opinion or whatever and one of you just goes out and buys a car or one of you sells the car or plans to move or and oh there's just so much frustration that can happen when you're not communicating there's fighting and sometimes for some of you there's no fighting you don't fight about anything sometimes a problem comes up it gets shared but never resolved and you just stick it Stick it back in the corner and try to forget that it even happened. But all of that ends up building more of that resentment, more of that disconnection. And ends up really often breaking the relationship. And the Bible says a fair amount. God says in his word a number of things. And I'm just going to read to you four passages. Um, but there are a number of things that get shared in God's word about the necessity of communication. The first one is found in James chapter one, and this is a really fantastic passage. James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Let me say that again. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this. He, he says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, 
go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your gift. Jesus is saying, when there is an issue, you need to resolve it right away. Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says this in in chapter 4, verses 15 and, and 25 and 26. He says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love. 24 and 20, or 25 and 26 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And so he's saying you need to deal with things right away, but you also need to speak the truth and speak with love. And then there's another passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, where Paul is giving marriage advice. And he says this, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. By mutual consent. He's saying that in your marriages, sometimes you need to decide things and it has to be both of you together. In this particular passage, he's talking about abstaining from sex in your relationship for a time, but it is by mutual consent. It is not one person lording it over or having control and, and manipulating this relationship. It is both of you making the decision together and saying, yes, we both agree this is what we're going to do. And so we have these biblical points that are very clear, very simple. Be quick to listen. Resolve things right away. Speak truth with love and communicate for unity. The point is that as we've been talking about the marriage in this series and we've talked about how the point of marriage is to stay together and that you have to go together. You, where you're going, you have to go there together and you need to come and, and fit together. You need to go together for your marriage to last. If you want to go together, the point for today is that if you want to go together, you need to communicate. If you want to go together, you need to communicate. Sometimes I'm on the phone and um, my headphones cut out. I'm, I'm able to hear the person on the phone, but they're not able to hear my voice through the microphone. For some reason, the microphone cuts out. And so I've had to get new headphones because the, the microphone wasn't working that often. And even though I could hear clearly and the other person was able to speak well, it wasn't communication because they weren't able to get a response from me. They, they couldn't hear me. I wasn't able to share in a way that they could receive it. I could talk all I wanted, but they were not hearing it. In the same way, imagine, imagine you're driving a car and your steering wheel is not attached to the steering column and to the front tires of your car. And so you can steer and turn the wheel and do everything that you would normally do um, while driving, 
but it would have no effect on the direction of your car. And so you could see, you could see the bumps in the road, you could see the turns coming, you could see other vehicles, you could see all that, and you can move the wheel appropriately for what is coming down the road, but if it's not connected to the front tires, then it doesn't make a difference. There's no communication between the steering wheel and the front wheels, the front tires that actually affect the direction of the vehicle. Without that communication between those two pieces, then your car that's going down the road is simply left to handle the bumps and turns and craziness and other drivers on the road haphazardly. You will have no control over how your vehicle reacts to the situations on the road. Without that proper communication between the steering wheel and the wheels, the tires, you get no say how your vehicle reacts to the situations around you. In your marriages and in your your primary most significant relationships, if you are not communicating and do not have healthy communication, then as people and situations and turns and bumps in the your road in your life and in your marriage come, you will not be able to navigate it, make the changes, make the adjustments, or end up where you want to go without proper communication. If you want to go together, you need to communicate. And so here, here are a few simple, practical um, steps on how to communicate in those, those primary relationships, especially in your marriages. Not that you have multiple marriages. I'm talking about all of you who are listening to this. There are multiple marriages out there, but you should only have one marriage. Yeah, I think you get that. Um, and so when you're communicating, obviously you need to remember that what, what the Bible says, be quick to listen, resolve things right away, speak truth and love and communicate for unity. But this is how you practically express that. First thing, uh, as you go in to have communication, as you go to have that conversation with your spouse or whoever it is, you need to first check your motive. Are you going to have this conversation so that you can belittle them, so you can manipulate them, so you can get your way, so that you can make them feel bad, so that you can get some kind of power trip out of it? Are you going in to make them hurt or are you going in because you love them and you love this relationship and you're fighting for them and you're fighting for your marriage, you're fighting for the the relationship that you have? Is it out of love that you're coming and want to resolve it, or is it out of hate, anger, or bitterness? Because if it's one of those latter things, then you really should take a pause and not enter into that conversation. You first need to speak the truth in love, which means your motive first has to be love. If you're, if the love's not there, then you might need to pause, take a step back, and consider some things before having that conversation. Number two, Ask questions so that you can understand, not accuse. So uh, so often we go and we ask questions of people, but it's with that tone where we already know the answer or we assume we know the answer. And we're asking that question so that they they end up 
we we get them to trip up on their words and they end up showing how stupid they are or whatever or we we make these questions because they're actually not questions or accusations and what we need to do is we need to ask questions so we can understand we want their answers so that we can understand them so we can understand where they're coming so from so we can understand and so we need to ask questions to understand, not accuse. We need to listen to understand and not manipulate because sometimes we ask these questions or we're listening to the other person and all we're thinking of when, when they're talking is how do I twist this or how do I manipulate this or how, when are they going to say something that I can grab hold of and use against them? But we really need to listen to what they're saying so that we can better understand them. We need to cool down before we talk. And if you need to, um, even set aside a particular time like if if you don't have if you don't have time to have that conversation or you are just too riled up right now, other person's just too riled up right now then then you you need to set aside some time so that you can actually have that conversation and so you can say i i can't talk about this right now but we will talk about it tonight or we'll talk about it uh, in two days or we're going to talk about this on Sunday or whatever. But you set aside the time to have that conversation, but you need to make sure that you are cooled down before you talk and make sure that you do talk. You need to make decisions together. When Heidi and I were considering uh, moving last year, um, we were both trying to figure out what we were supposed to do. and. We talked about it and we knew that in order to make that move, either to stay or to go, it had to be both yeses. Uh, we had to be on the same page. It would take two yeses for us to go. And we had to make that decision together with two yeses in order to make that change. Um, you need to have conversations sooner than later and i would be the person that wants to have that conversation right away and there is value in having that conversation right away and dealing with it right then and there but there is also value in setting aside the time and saying well i can't talk about this right now i can talk about this in 20 minutes or later this evening or tomorrow morning but setting aside that time and dealing with the conversation as soon as you can both actually have that conversation is really, really significant. And lastly, we need to be really honest and really honest in love. And that doesn't mean that um, you just say something that's mean and hurtful or you're being a jerk and then you get to say, well, I'm just being honest. No, that's if you're just saying something to hurt them, then that's not you being really honest. That's be, you being really mean. You need to speak the truth in love. And so, you're, again, your motive has to be to love. And so you need to be really honest, and sometimes honesty hurts, but when you're hurting somebody and you love them, that honesty is going to hurt you as much as it hurts them. And it's going to be hard, and it's going to be painful for everybody involved because you know how it how it happens. If you're saying things and you feel like, well, I'm just being honest, and you don't care about them, then you're not speaking out of love. And you need to hold your tongue for a time being until you get your motive in the right place, because honesty is not an excuse to be a jerk.
And so if you, you do some of these things, you'll, and you remember to be quick to listen, to resolve things right away, to speak the truth in love and to communicate for unity, to create unity, you will find that unity gets created in your relationships. That you'll find more and more acceptance and less and less bitterness in your marriage. That you'll be able to weather the storms. And as the bumps and the changes come and the, and the bad weather comes and you're driving down the road, you'll actually be able to navigate those things. You'll have less worry about your marriage and more confidence in it. You'll feel more satisfied. You'll feel less temptation to go outside of your marriage to be satisfied. And you will find that your key relationship with your spouse will be better. And so the relationships outside of that with your kids and with those around you will also benefit from that strong, primary, foundational marriage communication and relationship that you have. And that allows you to go together, to fit together and move through life together. And so if you want to go together, you need to communicate. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.